Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more by visiting their website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. To find out more, visit the website lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw. He's the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Doing some terrific work with regard to improving the quality of education, public schools, and public education here in Florida. We'll also visit with Michael Cannon. He is the Director of, edu- of uh, Health Studies at the Cato Institute. And we'll visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Bill Barnett was scheduled to be on the show, but he's going to get his vaccine today. Good, uh, congratulations, uh, uh, Mr. Mayor. It is May the 14th, and on this day in 1875, theologian, musician, philosopher, and Nobel Prize-winning physician Albert Schweitzer was born on January 14th, 1875, in uh, Alsace, Germany, Upper Alsace, Germany, which is now part of France. The son and grandson of ministers, Schweitzer studied theology and philosophy, as well as universities of Strasbourg, Paris, and Berlin. After working as a pastor, he entered medical school in 1905 with the dream of becoming a missionary in Africa. He was also an acclaimed concert organist who played professional engagements to earn money for his education. By the time he received his M.D. in 1913, the overachieving Schweitzer had published several books, including the influential The Quest or the historical Jesus. He also wrote a book on composer Johann Sebastian Bach. Medical degree in hand, Schweitzer and his wife moved to France, Equatorial Africa, or French Af- Equatorial Africa, where he founded a hospital at Lamborghini, modern-day Gabon, where uh, World War I broke out, or when it broke out, the German war Schweitzers were sent to France in an internment camp as prisoners of war. Released in 1918, they returned to Lamborghini in 1924. Over the next three decades, he made frequent visits to Europe to lecture on culture and ethics. His philosophy revolved around the concept of what he called reverence for life, the idea that all life must be respected and loved, and that humans should enter into a personal spiritual relationship with the universe and all its creations. This reverence for life, according to Schweitzer, would naturally lead humans to live a life of service to others. He won widespread praise for his putting his uh, uplifting theory into practice at his hospital in Africa, where he treated many patients with leprosy in the dreaded African sleeping sickness. Awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1952, he used his $33,000 award to start a leprosarium at Labyrinth. From the early 1950s until his death in 1965, he spoke and wrote tirelessly about his opposition to nuclear tests and nuclear weapons, adding his voice to those of fellow noblists Albert Einstein and Bertrand Russell. Truly great life, truly great man, living his life in healing those sleeping sickness in Africa. Truly tremendous story of Albert Schweitzer. Well, the Florida Department of Health reported 232 new cases of COVID-19 and four additional deaths in Cuyahoga County on Wednesday. Of course, I'll repeat, with COVID-19, not necessarily due to COVID-19. Cuyahoga's moving seven-day average for new cases was 203 through Tuesday. That's about 72% greater than the uh, average on December the 1st. It's also the highest average since July 19th at 209. Wednesday, there were 107 COVID-19 patients in Cuyahoga County hospitals. That's up about 10 patients in the last few days. Still, lots of room in Cuyahoga County hospitals. Uh, but the trend is up, and we'll have to watch that. Now that the process is underway to vaccinate people on, against COVID-19, more Americans say they're eager to get a shot, according to a new study or a new uh, survey. The poll this week shows that 60% of Americans are now saying they'd likely to get the shot as soon as they ca- are able to, up 8% since mid-December, indicating that some of the vaccine hesitancy was because people were wanting to wait and see about the vaccine and not digging in to oppose it. The numbers also represented a 20-point increase in Hispanic respondents who said they're willing to get the vaccine right away. Seniors also said they're opening up to getting the vaccine as soon as possible. 
Well, good news for those that are seeking the vaccine. 16 public pharmacy locations in Cuyahoga County will begin offering COVID-19 vaccine on Thursday to people 65 and over while supplies last. The stores are offering the Moderna vaccine. Appointments are required at publix.com slash COVID hyphen vaccine. That's again, publix.com is where you'll find this. Uh, there's not uh, the number of doses wasn't available, but uh, when appointments are filled, the message will be changed to say appointments are full. So you can go to the website. The locations all over, one in uh, uh, in East Naples, all over. So you'll find convenient locations for this. Uh, so I think there's 16 outlets, as I mentioned. Pretty cool. Uh, thank you, uh, Governor DeSantis, for um, really I think doing a terrific job of uh, managing this entire process. A new peer-reviewed study from the American Academy of Pediatrics found that in-school transmission of COVID-19 is quote-unquote extremely rare. In a collaborative study between Duke University and the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, researchers discovered that among 11 school districts with nearly 100,000 staff and students, there were no instances of children passing coronavirus to adults during in-person instruction. Researchers found that just 32 cases of either kid-to-kid or adult-to-adult coronavirus transmissions over a nine-week period. The study also slammed school policies that ask individuals to self-quarantine if they come within six feet of a person infected for more than 15 minutes. The study concluded that schools can stay open safely in communities with widespread community transmission. Uh, (laughs) This, of course study contradicts claims by teachers' unions that vaccines won't be enough to return to in-person learning. Uh, Pretty amazing stuff. So pleased to see that 88% of the students in Collier County schools are returning to brick and mortar as opposed to to, uh, virtual learning, and they'll be better off as a consequence. And as the study shows here, uh, without much risk to the community. Well, House Democrats are implementing a new edict proposed by Nancy Pelosi that will fine any member of Congress who does not wear a mask. Their first offense could cost a member $500. The second will carry a $2,500 fine, and they can't use their campaign funds or expense accounts. In addition, the House Office Building Commission is looking into the same policies. So, you know, when you don't have influence and you can't convince people, just take their money. That's what Nancy Pelosi is doing. And by the way, air travelers will no longer get their news from CNN. What a relief. CNN boss Jeff Zucker on Tuesday said the cable giant is shuttering the CNN airport network, which plays exclusively on TVs and airport lounges across the U.S. This, uh, they started this 30 years ago, and it, virtually they pay for the uh, service. They pay for the opportunity to have ne- CNN news blasted over the uh, uh, televisions in airports. I wonder what they're going to start uh, showing right now, but it's a convenient break from CNN. So uh, we won't miss it, but you know, I'm not traveling that much. So uh, for those that are traveling, CNN is gone. President Trump has released a new statement calling for an end to political violence, whether you're in the political left or political right. There must be no violence, no law-breaking, and no vandalism, President said in a five-minute statement on the back of media reports. A further protest planned. The vast majority of Trump supporters engaged in peaceful pro- protests on January the 6th, and a handful of accelerationist activists with little actual political affiliation, such as that climate change protesting horned shaman, intentionally tried to cause havoc to discredit supporters of the president. Well, nevertheless, uh, they're trying to uh, slap blame on the president. He's not happy about Wednesday's afternoon's second impeachment about uh, by the House of Representatives, though he believes the moves by the Democrat-led chamber will ultimately harm the incoming administration and Democrats' further election prospects, political and, and legal advisors told Just the News Wednesday. By the way, Just the News is a terrific news outlet if you haven't found it. Just go to the Just the News, justthenews.com, I believe it is. It's uh, Solomon's uh, outlet, and they do a terrific job. Well, so he, they went through the impeachment process impeachment process. The vote was 232 to 197. By the way, there was no testimony or they just went ahead and had the vote. Unbelievable. Ten uh, Republicans joined uh, Democrats in voting for uh, Trump's uh, impeachment because of, quote-unquote, incitement of insurrection. The president now faces a Senate trial. And uh, Mitch McConnell saying, by the way, we're coming back on the 19th. We won't have time to try uh, President Trump. 
Uh, Trump said the impeachment hoax is a continuation of the greatest and most vicious witch hunt in the history of our country, and it's causing tremendous anger and division and pain far greater than most people will ever understand, which is very dangerous for the USA, especially at this very tender time, he said. Uh, He was down in Texas, by the way, when he said that, celebrating the 450th mile of the new border construction. As I've consistently said throughout my administration, we believe in respecting America's history and traditions, not tearing them down, he said. We believe in the rule of law, not in violence and rioting. Well, you know, people who don't like Trump, I really appreciate President Donald Trump and what he's contributed to the country, I think, is making America great again was not simply about the economy. It was about culture, and he had great influence, I believe, one of the great presidents of all time, in my belief. Although those that have Trump derangement syndrome really can't stand him, and uh, they want to see him gone forever. The hope is, now they're hoping that if, in fact, he goes to trial, they'll somehow suggest that he shouldn't ever be able to run or serve as president again. Well, I don't know about how this is all going to work out. President-elect Joe Biden, bought off by foreign governments, Chinese energy companies, Ukrainian energy companies, should be impeached. When he takes office, that according to Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, she was on uh, Kelly's show last night, and uh, I saw her presentation. She said, I'm tired of Republicans who lay down and follow this country to be ravaged, allow Democrats to abuse their power and their positions, and I believe it's time for Republicans to stand up for the American people and do a good job in Congress, she said. This is on Greg uh, Kelly's show. On Newsmax TV, by the way, if if you're not familiar with it, it's really worth checking out. They do a good job. I'd like to announce on behalf of the American people, we have to make sure that our leaders are held accountable. We cannot have a president of the United States that is willing to abuse the power of the office and be easily bought off by foreign governments. She said so on January 21st, she says, I will be filing articles of impeachment on Joe Biden. You know what? They asked for it. Now that's coming. The first day of his presidency, they, <laughs> he's filing for impeachment. Well, I don't know how this is going to go, but she is really strong. I really like the cut of her jib. I think she's going to do a good job in Congress. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date. By reading Life in Naples, the website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, 
car wash and detailing center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best and now building... A performing arts center, 44,000 square feet, right down in the middle of Naples. You can find out more by visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw, co-founder of a terrific, very impactful organization here in Florida. It's called the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. For our listeners that may not be familiar with the Florida Citizens Alliance, maybe you can tell us about it. Sure. Uh, we're a grassroots organization. Um, we focus heavily, extensively on K-12 education reform. Um, and to us, that means uh, expanding school choice options um, and uh, getting rid of the indoctrination that's in our schools. So we've been doing this for, I guess, for about our eighth year. And uh, we, are, we are, I think, punching above our weight, is what I like to say, because we uh, are really being uh, having some successes. Uh, to influence what's going on here in Florida in education. You know, and, and that's so important, uh, and I just want to point out to our listeners that when you start out in Tallahassee going knocking on doors, it's not easy to get an audience. And now Keith, uh, through his efforts, and uh, uh, Pastor Rick Stevens, uh, they're not paid, they go up to Tallahassee, now they have terrific influence and uh, ha- have really shaped some of the important policies in, in uh, Florida schools, including getting rid of Common Core, replacing uh, the school policy and uh, just a, getting back to brick and mortar schools uh, after this coronavirus. So again, Keith, doing a great job. Uh, GoFLCA.com is the website. GoFLCA.com. So Keith, uh, you're, I know the legislative st- session is starting. They're in uh, committee weeks right now. Uh, what's on your plate uh, this coming session? Well, we have uh, a, a, a whole legislative agenda that we're trying to uh, enact. Uh, we've actually written two bills, um, one on uh, improving or increasing the uh, the uh, ability to prohibit uh, pornographic materials in schools. Uh, that was actually filed uh, last week, hmm. uh, Senate Bill 410 by Senator uh, Rodriguez uh, out of Miami. And we had a good Zoom call last week with the chair of the um, uh, uh, po- post-secondary uh, uh, school system. Um, actually, it's the secondary uh, subcommittee. And he assured us that either, either he would file the bill if they let him. Sometimes they don't let committee chairs file the bills. Uh, but he has two people waiting in the wings, both of which would be acceptable to us, who are anxious to file that bill. So that bill is going to get filed. Um, and uh, we'll be working that through the through our process and and reaching out to your listeners among others uh, to uh, to follow our action alerts as, yeah. as those as the that bill moves through committee. So so um, for our listeners' benefit that may not be familiar with the problem of pornography in our schools, maybe you can uh, briefly give us a little example or sh- uh, tell us what's going on and why this is a concern. Well, if I tried to give you a specific example, I think you'd lose your license. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I, I'm absolutely serious. Uh, but what I can do, and I think uh, if your listeners, it's really easy if they just go go to uh, goflca.com uh, slash porn dash report, uh, they'll get a complete uh, report of 44 novels that we've documented uh, throughout um, Florida schools. Hmm. Um, shocking materials. Um, you know, when we. Um, so. Um, we're hopeful that we can. Uh, we've been working this issue of pornography and uh, LGBTQ crap in the school systems for now four years, and we're hopeful that uh, we can make some progress this year. Yeah, it's a big deal. Though, so, really appreciate the work you're doing on that. And again, go to the website goflca.com and check out. Uh, it's it's a real concern, uh, and as citizens. As a byproduct of all of all this, we sometimes just ignore. Maybe we don't have kids in school. We ignore the issues. 
it's a big deal. It really is a big deal. We're training the next generation of kids, and we need to make sure that while they're spending time in school, they're learning good stuff, and that's the that's the mission that Keith is on. So I interrupted yes. your, your train of thought there, Keith. Yeah, well, yesterday uh, uh, we had a, a, a Zoom call with the uh, commissioner, with the uh, chairman of the Senate Education Committee, a fellow by the name of Senator Joe Gruters, and uh, a very encouraging call. He started the call by saying, you guys are going to be so impressed. This year uh, uh, in the legislative cycle, we're going to do more to expand uh, uh, parental choice mm-hmm. than you've ever seen. Wow. Um, really very powerful words. Uh, and he's the new chairman. Uh, we had a similar conversation with uh, Chair Latvala on the House side, who's telling us the same thing. So, um, you know, we're we're excited. Uh, you know, the proof's always in the pudding. That's right. And... Uh, but we're excited that there's a, a, a an environment up there now, and COVID has actually accelerated some of this. Uh, you know, they have uh, still have about a third of their kids that are in distance learning, and mm-hmm. and they're they're now getting some data. They say that those kids are just I mean, I mean they're just not learning at all. Yeah. And uh, and I learned yesterday that here in Florida, of our 2.8 million kids, they've lost 87,000 of them. They just can't account for them. So. Um, well, I was really pleased to see that uh, we have 88% of our kids here in Collier County. And by the way, this, that's a lot of kids. It's like 46,000 of them coming back to brick-and-mortar schools for this term. So uh, yeah. it's very, very encouraging. I, I, I many times don't have nice things to say about the s- superintendent schools and the school board, but I must say they've handled the situation very well. Yeah, I would agree. Um you know, I'd like to see uh, them improve some of what they do in, in terms of content and quality. Sure. Uh, for sure. Absolutely. But um, they've stepped up to the plate in, ter- in terms of uh, getting kids back involved in back in the school. I, and I would also love to see them get rid of this mandate for masks. Uh, what they're doing to kids that'll affect their lives for the rest of their lives. You know, I, I um, parenthetically, I saw, and I may have sent it to you, I saw kind of a Walt Disney production of we're celebrating the using masks now. This this production, cartoon production, had to be directed to an uh, audience of kids. It was appalling. It was trying to sell them on the idea that you can you're going to be a good person if you wear a mask. Not necessarily because of COVID, but it's you know indoctrination is what it is. Uh, well, think about how kids learn. I mean, you learn. I mean, a p- part of uh, of growing up and learning how to be, how to be an adult is to be able to read facial expressions. Of course, right. And, and, and so we're taking that developmental growth away from uh, you know a whole generation of kids. You know, That's I had mind. I had a, a woman come up to me and say, "Hey, Bob, how you doing?" I couldn't recognize her <laughs> <laughs> until I finally figured out through voice identification or whatever who she was. So this is not good. Uh, you are absolutely right. We. Uh, the uh, the importance of facial recognition of communic in communication process words sometimes don't tell the whole story, and uh, that's a that's a nuance that you learn over time. And masks right. are kind of taking that away. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, I, I'm I'm taking too much of your time here, but I do want our listeners to know about the the uh, event that's coming up in February. Yeah, this is really an exciting event. We've got it's called Kids and Celebrating Kids and Country. It's going to be at the Naples Grand. It's a VIP-level event. So um, in the past, we've had a general and then a VIP. We've decided, uh, because of COVID and the limitations, the number of people just to do one event and mm-hmm. make it uh, as simple on both sides, uh, both for attendees and for us to manage. Um, we're getting some really good sponsorships. We could use a few more. Um, but the, the target is 250 people. Our speakers are... Um, General Jerry Boykin, uh, who was the Delta Force commander for Black Hawk Down, uh, rose to be a three-star general before uh, Obama relieved him. Um, Senator DeMint, and and then Alveda King, uh, mm-hmm. niece, uh, uh, you know Martin Luther King's niece. So we've got an exciting uh, set of speakers. Uh, we're still working on trying to get the governor here, so we're hopeful there. But uh, uh, it'll be a really great event, and it's for a really great cause. This is uh, one of our major fundraising efforts for the year yeah. so we would appreciate uh, any of your listeners uh, joining us yeah absolutely uh, linda and i will be there we've already got our tickets 
It's at the Naples Grand. I forgot. Is it February the 7th? I've forgotten the date. Fe- uh, February 10th. 10th. Okay. So uh, get tickets at, Go- you know, irrespective of a t- terrific organization, support this organization because, uh, you know, Keith, Pastor Rick, all this, they don't get paid to do this. They're doing it uh, to support the education of kids in schools. So support the organization. They need the infrastructure. You can go to GoFLCA. Dot com. And by the way, it's, I shouldn't d- diminish the program. It's going to be fantastic. So goflca.com. Keith, always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, take care, Bob. Have a nice weekend. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with... Uh, oops. What did I do here? I kind of screwed things up. Coming up, we're going to visit with Michael Cannon. Michael is the uh, Director of Health Studies at the Cato Institute. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Offshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Show. And now here's your host, Bob Hartman. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, I found a uh, app, Choice Social. It's a, a kind of a replacement for Facebook or for uh, uh, Twitter, and uh, you know, it's it's by a local uh, group. You know, Renee Ralph. She's on the show the other day, having been in Washington D.C. So check out Choice Social as an app. It's really quite interesting. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us, as I mentioned before the break, Michael Cannon. He's director of health studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here, Bob. Thank you, Michael. Uh, tell us about the Cato Institute. So the Cato Institute is a libertarian think tank. We're, we are in Washington, D.C., and we've been around since 1977. Uh, we are neither conservative nor left of center. We advocate individual liberty in all areas and, uh, and, and uh, try to hold both parties accountable to that bedrock American principle. Absolutely. And Michael, you're in one of the areas where the government is so deeply entrenched in, in uh, our, our health care. So uh, that's why I really appreciate having you on the show. I want to talk to you about a phenomenon that I'm finding out more about, and it's the uh, physician. Of course, we've heard about these concierge doctors, and we've had them for many years, and uh, it's almost like an elite type of thing for people to have a, well, I have a concierge doctor. 
you know, that type of thing, and which is great. Now, I'm not diminishing the importance of it, but now we're seeing uh, these doctors uh, who don't take insurance kind of springing up, taking a monthly fee and offering their services so they don't have to go through insurance. I was just hoping I could get your thoughts about this. Sure. Well, if you look at uh, uh, the healthcare market 60 years ago, what what you notice is that patients paid for half of their medical care directly, out of pocket. Right. Insurance was there, but it was only there for large catastrophic expenses, which ended up covering about half of total U.S. healthcare spending. But over, but since then, what has happened is government has created the Medicare program, the Medicaid program. It has encouraged people to purchase more insurance, really by letting employers control their workers' money and. And, and pick their insurance for them. And the, the share of healthcare spending that comes directly from the patient has fallen from about 50% to about 10%, mm. while the share that health insurance companies and the government control has gone from 50% to 90%. Yeah. What this does is it really pushes the patient aside in a lot of uh, healthcare interactions. The doctor focuses more on pleasing the person who's writing the checks, that is the government or the insurance companies, and on, on doing what the, the patient needs. And all of this government control and all of this excessive insurance also ends up, it's, it's, instead of making healthcare free, it ends up increasing healthcare prices so that fewer and fewer people can afford healthcare. So let me pile on here. This development of cash-only practices is so fascinating and could be so salutary. Yeah. A lot of doctors are saying, forget it. We're not going to be taking insurance anymore. Right. We just want cash on the barrel head because when uh, when you're giving me money, or when you, the patient, are the one paying me, you're the only person I have to please, and I know I'm pleasing you because if I'm not, you're going to take your money elsewhere. Right. You can create uh, more responsive, more intimate relationships with, uh, with doctors this way, and, uh, and, and there are a number of permutations of this sort of approach where they shun insurance companies. And, and they all appear to uh, be uh, uh, satisfying patients and in many cases bringing prices down from the outrageously high prices that hospitals charge and that insurance companies pay. Yeah, it's such a fascinating. Let me pile on a little bit about this because there's also alternative medicine types of things that uh, I personally like to take advantage of. That It's always cash. You know, well, we don't take insurance. And, uh, for example, a special surgery technique, uh, that hasn't been approved by Medicare, I guess. So, uh, you know, in minimally invasive types of back surgery. Well, I'm sorry, we don't take insurance. It's a little frustrating, you know, because uh, I'm I take care of myself anyhow pretty well. But uh, it's not only I carry this insurance that I'm paying a heck of a lot of money for, and it doesn't cover anything I want. <laughs> that that can happen. We would be remiss, though, Bob, if we didn't point out that insurance companies can add a lot of value in covering catastrophic expenses, sure, but also they can collect lots of data to figure out whether that new surgical procedure is going to benefit the patient or not in a way that I, the patient, just can't know. And uh, I I don't know about you, but I'm guessing you might not know, uh, uh, be able to judge that either. Right. the, the, The key here, though, is who's going to decide whether the insurance company is there in the exam room when you're making those decisions, it should be the patient. Right now, it's not the patient right. because it's either the government or the government's deputy, your employer, and that insurance company your employer hires uh, can often in, uh, uh, intrude. You know, and you're making such a good point. I do want to point out, though, that this is a growing type of thing. It's happening, and I know there are a couple of doctors right here in Collier County that uh, don't take insurance. And, uh, you know, the story behind that is, you know, they, they don't have to spend too much time in front of a computer informing different insurance companies and Medicare and so forth, or Medicaid, what they're doing, they get simply spend that time in front of, with the patient, even make house calls, and they can sell drugs wholesale to their patients, for example, insulin or whatever it might be. They can get a good deal on it and pass it on to their patients. That often happens. And there's one of the criticisms of this approach, of what we might call direct primary care or concierge care or even cash-only surgical centers, is that uh, these are these approaches only work for the wealthy? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? A lot of innovations begin that way, where they uh, uh, can be more. They're more expensive permutations, uh, but what then ends up happening is 
greater competition bids down the prices for these services and brings it within the reach of more people who could not afford uh, those, uh, those services yesterday. And so rather than do what a lot of, uh, a lot of regulators and other proponents of a government-run healthcare system want, which is to quash these innovations, uh, smother them in the cradle, uh, we should just let them, let a thousand flowers bloom, let patients choose these innovations if, that what they, if that's what they want. And we might find that these innovations end up doing a better job of meeting patients' needs than government programs are or that government-favored health insurance arrangements like employer-sponsored insurance. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, Michael, uh, quite frankly, our, our insurance system is broken, and our, uh, I mean, our health care system is broken because of gov- government interfer- uh, interference, in my opinion. It's way too costly, and uh, maybe this is a step in the right direction to move government out of health care. Yeah, you know, and and you hear from proponents of, of government-run healthcare that healthcare is a special sector of the economy, and government is the only way to make healthcare affordable for everyone. But if you look at what some of these cash-only practices have done, and you look how the Medicare program behaves, it it, uh, it calls into question that conclusion. You know, the Surgery Center of Oklahoma has been a cash-only. Uh, uh, surgical practice, uh, surgical group for, uh, that, is, that has been in business for years now, they post their prices on their website so that you know in advance about what you're going to pay. They can, uh, if you, some people save so much money. The prices are so low. But some people save so much money that it pays for the trip to Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, and, and they still have some money left over. And they're so low that they actually beat Medicare prices. That's amazing. In many parts of the country. And this is a not very competitive cash market that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and it's still beating the Medicare prices for, say, uh, total knee replacements in a third of the country. Uh, if we had a more competitive, more robust cash market for healthcare, I think we would find that it would beat government's ability uh, to negotiate lower prices. Uh, in in many many more areas. Yeah, Michael Cannon again, the uh, director of health studies at the Cato Institute. I just genuinely, I wish we could continue the conversation. Need to run, Michael, but I genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Bob. Always a pleasure. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com. 
Tom to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. Visit the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to, well, actually, we're going to have my wife drop in, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Seton, tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it's spiraling out of control right now. It's unbelievable. Uh, I, I want to ask you about current events, but uh, rather, I, you wrote a column. No, the, uh, w- 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 did you see what Biden, the phrase Biden used? No. For his COVID stimulus? His COVID stimulus is going to be trillions of dollars. Huh. Yeah, yeah. But the suckage ensue, yes. Well, you know what? Uh, if if we have one thing that we can be sure of, it, debt spiraling out of control, this is not going to end well. Well, no, of course not. You can't keep printing money and think the money's going to be worth anything. It's going to be Italy. I can't remember when, but they're bringing wheelbarrows full of lira to the uh, baker to buy a loaf of bread. Yeah, I know. I mean, and- it's just... We're going to have that all over again here. So, listen, you wrote, I really appreciate your the niche that you're choosing to write about, which includes Apple and Google and 99% of the U.S. smartphone market. What's happening right now? We have big tech controlling our communication. 75 million of us are being excommunicated from the communication process. Well, you know, obviously in the information age, uh, those who can the delivery of information run the show, as we're seeing all over the place. Mm-hmm. And when Parler got, the website got pulled from the Google and Apple stores on the same day, what a remarkable coincidence that was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I looked it up. I, I went and looked it up. And Apple and Google, the Apple iPhone, the Google Android, are 99, as of May of last year, that was the last numbers I could find on the web. Uh-huh. of smartphones in the United States are either Google Android or Apple iPhone. Yeah. So when they pull you out of their app store, you're basically a digital non-person. And then, of course, you get get to Amazon on Sunday pulling their hosting. And going beyond that, none of the other hosting services are willing to step up and host Parler. Um, You know, this is is where we are. And, And... Apple and Google can do this in part because Apple's worth $2 trillion and Google's worth $1 trillion. And I felt so bad for the, for the uh, parlor CEO. He was on talk about it. I think we talked about this on Tuesday. The poor guy is bragging because he was going to have a valuation of $500 million, yeah. half a billion dollars. Really, that's, that's one, one, what is it, <laughs> one one two hundredth of Google and yeah. one four hundredth of Apple. Well, you know, no, we're, uh, we all want Parler to come back, but here's the bad news. I mean, the CEO John, I think his name is Matts, is, he announced, uh, I guess it was yesterday, that uh, uh, he they may not come back at all. I mean, they can't find. Yeah, because they can't find hosting. Yeah, and not just hosting, they can't find. Once they got deplatformed by Apple and Google, anyone in the tech sector. That if you're in the tech sector, working in the tech sector, Apple and Google can kill you. Right. So if Apple and Google has killed someone else, what you're not going to work with them it's exa- because Apple and Google will kill you too. Now, Parler has taken this to court, and of course they're looking for some sort of a, 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 a immediate reaction. But this could take years to get through the court process. The, first of all, the court case could take years. Second of all... If even if they win, yeah, and Apple and Google have to put them back in their app store, they're not online. Right. No one will host the site. Right. So the app is worthless. It's like an app for dinosaur husbandry. Yeah. Goodbye. Um, a billion bucks or half a billion or 
bucks down the drain. It's it's amazing the power of these so, uh, tech giants are. are well, you know, I've been talking for years about the, the there's, there's a class action lawsuit waiting to happen yep. with the social media platforms. I know several people who spent millions of dollars acquiring Facebook likes and Twitter followers, and then Facebook and Twitter just basically wrote them off their site. Really? That's a total bait and switch. Herman Cain was one of them. The late Herman Cain. Yeah. He bought us, he, I, I don't drink, but he, there was like three or four of us, we were chatting. He goes, let me buy you a drink. So he bought, we sat down, we were talking, and I asked him about that. He goes, yeah, we spent probably $3 million on Facebook ads to acquire Facebook likes, and then they rewrote their algorithm and we got no traffic. Unbelievable. So, you know, so Which I, is a total bait and switch. By the way, you, you mentioned class action lawsuit. I think that's the best solution to this right now is if we got a group of people together who, uh, and I'm talking about the public, not necessarily companies, who are saying, hey, you, social media has taken over, control of communications, we don't like it, and we're suing them, uh, and then we're talking about the public. What do you think? Well, Mark Levin, of course, is a constitutional and legal expert of the first order and he always winces when we talk about solving things via lawsuit you know it's very yeah. very expensive it's very very hard um there's too many uh residual judges who are awful and won't touch it uh we just saw that with the entire trump lawsuit against the election steal not one of the court cases heard the evidence they all dismissed them on dubious grounds yeah um, you know, on, on standing. Uh, my, my favorite being the Supreme Court ruling in the Texas lawsuit against Pennsylvania. Only Pennsylvania, which just stole the election, is under federalism allowed to prosecute the, the, the stealing they just did. Yeah. Which is like saying only the murderer can prosecute the murderer. <laughs> yeah. um, so, there, you know, it's, the lawsuit is the hardest, it's the longest, it's the yep. biggest end around, and it's, it's fraught with peril. Uh, on numerous levels. You're, the problem is, of course, you're not going to get anything out of D.C., especially as currently constituted. So what are we going to do, Seton? Well, 75 million of us are sitting out here right now with uh, literally disconnected from our leader, and I'm talking about Pre uh, President Donald Trump. Uh, they're controlling the picture. What's gonna, what can we do? Uh, I, I, I hate when people ask me this question because I, I don't think we can do anything. Oh, man. <laughs> I think, it's, I think it's over. I've been saying it's over since 2015. I have a friend of mine who, lives, who moved to Panama in 2009 because he thought it was over after the uh, giant banking crash that wrecked the global economy, and one guy went to prison. And he said, okay, that's it. Yeah. So I just think, you know, it's, it's going to take a, a while to bring us down, but we're going down. I, I, I don't think there's a solution. That's, uh, I'm sorry. I know, I know you know... Uh, a friend of mine's been trying for years to get me to do a podcast. I'm like, I'm a total downer cynic. Who the hell wants to listen to that? Well, uh, you know, Seton, uh, you make a good points, but uh, I remember 10 years ago saying, look, the country's gone. We've just got to focus on Florida, make sure that our government here in Florida is, is strong and that it protects us and insulates us from what's going on in Washington, D.C. under Barack Obama. Yeah, I'm still back, kind of beginning to think the same thing right now. Well... They've, they've, the Democrats have solved the election impediment, have they not? Yeah. yeah. Trump won the election and said, oh, that's never going to happen again. Yeah. So we're going to automatically register every voter, on the, uh, of age voter, in the, in, the, in, in, in the country, and then we're going to mass mail ballots to everybody on the voter list. Yeah. yeah. Now, if, if you've just registered somebody automatically who has, is 50 and never voted, can you safely think you're going to vote in his stead and no one's going to notice? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Well, they, they just did that in numerous swing states. Yeah. Um, you know, Trump won. It was an amazing feat. It was an amazing accomplishment. But even at the time, I said, this is going to be a very pleasant four- or eight-year hiatus as we slide down history's razor blade. Yeah. What, what, what do we do now? We just saw what happened to Trump. Yeah. We elected Trump, and we saw what happened to him. What do you think can we, we can do now? Yeah, that, uh, you know, we tried the Tea Party. The Tea Party got crushed. We tried to do it nicely. So he said, okay, we tried to do it nicely. Have some Trump. 
So we, and look what they did to Trump. And it's no question. But I, I do uh, want our listeners to uh, take check out your website, uh, lessgovernment.org. www.wearescrewed.com. Lessgovernment.org. And also you can follow Seton on Facebook and Less Government on Facebook, too. Seton, I always appreciate your very direct, honest, and animated commentary. Thank very you. optimistic. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And I, now I've, I've thought about it, I'm going to go see if wearescrewed.com is available. <laughs> thank you, Seton. All right, coming up, we're going to have a little visit with Linda Harden. That would be my wife. She writes Greetings from Paradise. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. And one of the initiatives is creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. And you can find out more by visiting thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden. Linda is my wife, my loving wife. Good morning. She's also good morning, Linda. She's also very well informed in what's going on in the world here in Collier County, on the Paradise Coast, as well as around the world. So, Linda, thanks for joining us. I'm happy to be your surprise guest on yeah. a Thursday. Yeah. So, uh, our planned guest, uh, Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples, I had to run off, and uh, I guess I, it's not against the law to say he's got to get his vaccine today. So, uh, another person getting vaccinated. So, um, I understand that our U.S. Representative Byron Donalds was on Fox and Friends this morning? Yeah, you know, I keep trying to give Fox and Friends a chance mm. uh, to redeem themselves. And um, uh, Byron um, really made a good a good appearance this morning. It was yeah. really great. Um, they were asking him about the impeachment yesterday. Uh-huh. And, and long story short, he just said they did everything they shouldn't have done. They didn't allow... Uh, Trump to have any evidence that, or, or to represent himself or to do anything. They just rammed that thing through. Right. It was a lynching. It was a, a lynching. Modern day, to, to use the word of Clarence Thomas, it's a modern day lynching. And you know what? Byron didn't say this, um, but we've talked about it. We talked about it last night um, um, and other times is that what the heck are these people afraid of? Yeah. They are definitely afraid right now. I mean, it's... Uh, Thank goodness for, uh, or uh, I guess uh, Gab is just getting absolutely smashed with uh, new uh, users. Yeah, I, I got right uh, right on Gab this morning, which was which was yeah. great. So, yeah. um, and this new Telegram thing is a, is a good. I'm not sure really how to work it yet, but but you know it's it's a place to get all your news. By the way, what what I found out this morning on both Telegram and uh, Gab was that um, CNN surprisingly put a story out that uh, they found out that this whole protest or storming of the Capitol last week was pre-planned. Yeah. And, and it, it, um, the, uh, what am I trying to say? The Democrats in Congress wouldn't even bother to find that out before they well, shoved this down, down Trump's throat. Hey, doesn't this remind you what happened in Minnesota, in uh, Minneapolis and what happened in Atlanta too? I mean, it's immediate uh, uh, assumption. The lynch, lynch mob decides who's guilty Police are guilty with what they did. Well, you get the facts and you find out 
They may not even charge the police in, in uh, Minneapolis. Same thing is true. What I think they're going to find out is, first of all, there's uh, this guy that was <laughs> running around with the horns on. He's apparently some sort of a client guy, uh, climate guy. And uh, I'm sure there was Antifa involved. There are people who are independent, just angry, upset people that are not necessarily associated with Trump. And yet they're impeaching Trump for what he had nothing to do. It's it's a modern-day lynching. The other thing that's really a mystery with Washington right now, and I was reading uh, this morning that, that, and we saw last night, all these troops, National Guard troops that are camped out in Washington, and there's going to be 20,000 more coming in. So what's going on? We have Biden, who's going to have a virtual inauguration that means you probably could be in his basement <laughs> or something like that because you know what what i think they know that people just won't show up there were millions of people showing up or six hundred thousand people showed up for trump when he was inaugurated a lot of people showed up for obama do you think everybody's going to show up for obiden you can't even draw flies oh biden that's, that's funny uh it's not only that but airbnb has stopped all reservations mm-hmm. uh they are they are deathly afraid of something. And oh, by the way, getting back to Congress for just a minute, mm-hmm. what they did to Trump, I don't know the law. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not skilled in the law, but it seems to me that they broke every law in the book of, as far as the Constitution is concerned. Yeah. Jonathan Turley, that, that law professor, and I don't, he's famous, but I don't know where he's from, he said what they did yesterday was so absurd and so. Uh, bizarre he says i he says i can't make head or, heads or tail of it yeah well what's kind of interesting is this uh this uh marjorie taylor green she's a uh rookie or a new representative of us 10 Rep- days she's been uh, sworn in. and she was on uh, uh newsmax tv last night with greg uh, kelly just a great interview she's really strong and really well spoken on January the 21st, she's filing impeachment charges against Joe Biden for all the crap we know he's actually been involved in, including uh, Burisma and uh, China and the whole thing. Well, the fact is, he can't get, by the way, he can't get a security clearance because he's under, Joe Biden yeah. is under indictment in the in the country of Ukraine for well, all sorts of things. Yeah, so why is the mainstream media, we've got this guy who's a basically, uh, we, we and he hasn't, he deserves his day in court. Hopefully, when he's impeached, they'll actually have evidence and all that type of thing. But there's plenty of evidence. Uh, Bobolinsky and uh, all the things, the, the uh, computer. There's so much evidence that uh, Biden has been involved and actually com- he's compromised. He's sold the government out. So speaking of um, hypocrisy and all this other stuff, this gal, Lauren um, Bobert, I think her name is. She's mm. out of Colorado. She's yeah. the one who's carrying her Glock. Yeah, on on Capitol, <laughs> on Capitol Hill. Hill. She made an argument during the impeachment hearing yesterday that just blew the socks off. It made all the all the media. She just said um, the hypocrisy of what they're doing to Trump, and she cited Maxine Waters, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, all these people um, in Congress and in the media who said that they should take out even Joe Biden, who said he wanted to take Trump out in the in the back of the building and beat him up. Yeah. So all these people that are inciting violence and they go unscathed. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's, the, it's again, the uh, psychological mechanism of projection. They accuse us of what they're doing all the time. It's, the, the other thing I want to mention real quick before you kick me off is that Byron Donalds, um, on his, on his appearance this morning, they asked him because all the, all these people on the left yesterday cited race as, you know, that Trump is a racist, um, and that's one of the reasons why he's done everything he did. And Byron Donalds was really great. He says, these people don't realize how many people of color voted for Trump. Yeah. They're just throwing them out with everybody else. Exactly. Linda Harden, always great with new information. I really appreciate your feedback here on what's happening with Byron Donalds. Appreciate you coming on the show and filling in for Mr. Mayor, uh, Bill Barnett. Anytime. All right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Tomorrow, we're going to visit with William Yateman. He is a uh, research fellow at the Cato Institute. We're visiting with Ian Vasquez. He is uh, involved. He's also with Cato within uh, the Freedom Index, which is kind of interesting to see how the United States has dropped in terms of its freedom around the world. Victoria Nastasi is going to be with us from the Reason Foundation. Uh, We'll be talking about uh, what's happening with nursing homes in Florida. And Dave Vigo is the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. We'll visit with Dave about current politics as well. 
I always appreciate your feedback on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, you can sign up to be on the newsletter I send out after each show. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.